A reading from Luke 24, verses 36b through 48. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they had seen a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. He said to them, have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate in their presence. He then said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are a witness of these things. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to God's people. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning, St. Barnabas and St. Stephen's grace and peace to you in the name of our loving, liberating, and life-giving God. I am so grateful to be in this community. This is a special place. And living and worshiping in this context has been such a blessing. You embody the ethic of service which anchors Jubilee Year Los Angeles. And drinking from your well fills me up with love and encouragement while also instructing me in the way of that love. A love of justice, a love of neighbor, and a love of God. Thank you. Thank you to Father Jamie and Father Carlos for entrusting me for a moment with this sacred exercise. I give that trust to God that we might hear from God this morning. Our text this morning finds our friends, the disciples, gathered together near Jerusalem. Folks have been reporting these accounts of the resurrection and these encounters with Jesus. It starts with Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, Joanna, and a group of other women who go to tend to Jesus's body and find the empty tomb. The women never encounter Jesus in Luke's account, but they are the first to receive news of the resurrection and the first to share that news. Peter is the only man who seems to believe the women and he rushes to the tomb to investigate. Then we get Cleopas and another companion on the road to Emmaus, an allusion to a further encounter between Jesus and Peter 
as well as the story from our gospel today. All of the stories besides Peter's, which is undescribed, follow a similar pattern of dramatic irony. Jesus, for some supernatural or some supernatural attendant or event, appears to the disciples as they are meandering through the business of life after the tragedy of Jesus' death. Most don't recognize what's happening immediately. But Jesus, or his representative angel in one case, spends a little time with them and eventually and miraculously their minds open up and they understand what they're experiencing. I think the disciples from our gospel today and throughout this last chapter of Luke are living in a familiar reality that makes good news hard to hear. Our friends have been traumatized by the death of a man who carried their hopes and dreams for a better future. A uh, few of them watched the life of their revolutionary leader get snuffed out in an act of state-sanctioned violence for the unambiguous offense of desiring a better life for the poor and marginalized. Those who did not see have certainly heard as Cleopas puts it to an unidentified Jesus on the Emmaus Road, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know what has taken place there? It seems like you had to be living under a rock not to hear the news of Jesus' death. They say good news travels fast, but it seems like bad news travels faster. Trauma theorist Jennifer Griffiths remarks on the way Trump traumatic narratives and scenes of racialized violence are sped up, condensed and repeated in the media. It's as if bad news has an eagerness about itself. It has a desire for efficiency and efficacy in its spread. It just takes so much less energy to be chaotic. It's just so easy to be disruptive. It is too easy to break others by witnessing the brokenness of others. It's too easy to piece together fragments of the already broken pieces of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Adam Toledo, and Dante Wright's lives and export these broken pieces of broken pieces to make more broken pieces of the folks who bear witness to these tragedies. Yes, good news travels fast, but it seems like bad news travels faster, it hits us harder, and it holds us longer, but there is good news. Our gospel teaches us that we serve a God of grace and understanding who knows that good news is sometimes hard for us to hear when we have had to bear witness to so much pain and tragedy. Throughout Luke 24, we get a glimpse of God's patience and presence with us, and we glean a few quick lessons for how we can also posture ourselves to receive good news with God's help. First, we have to learn to recognize peace. Jesus appearing and saying, peace is not the same as you walking up to a person in crisis and saying, calm down. I don't recommend that and I think it's easy to think that's what's happening here but Jesus is peace 
Jesus is peace announcing itself in the midst of crisis. One of my favorite passages is John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, let not your heart be troubled or afraid. While we can receive and practice the peace of God given freely to us all, we have to recognize that it is more than a word. Jesus is the embodiment of peace. He is what scholars of pastoral care describe as a non-anxious presence. Jesus' peace is one that is practiced through presence. When we just recognize peace and hear and feel it announce itself, we are already being set up by no action of our own to receive some good news. Second, we have to be willing to engage the wounds. It is not a bad thing that the world has been forced to bear witness to the repercussions of maintaining white supremacist, heteropatriarchal, capitalist structures like policing in the United States of America. It is not a bad thing that we have to reckon with the human cost of our privilege and the false peace we use to justify our complicity. It is not a bad thing to have our minds open to the tragedies we create in our society and the impacts of those tragedies in our communities. It is not bad to mourn. It is not bad to lament. It is not bad to cry. The tears, confusion, and sadness that accompanies loss lets us know that our witness is true that our God is real, the anguish of seeing ourselves in victims, perpetrators, and bystanders of violence marks our witness as true and our God as real. It is more than okay. It is necessary that we feel all the things. It is necessary that we open ourselves up to the pain. Without it, we cannot ever be in true solidarity with the poor, marginalized, dispossessed, and martyred. To be with the broken, we also break and bear each other's wounds in sacred communion. Jesus says, touch my wounds and see that it is me. It is silly to think that we will find healing without encountering wounds. The wounds are what help us know that God is real. Finally, we have to have our minds open. The first time I ever preached this text, it was a sermon called Miracle of the Mind. I learned that memory is one of the great mysteries of neuroscience. We continue to learn more and more about it, but it's still very elusive. Most of the time we think of memory like that SpongeBob episode where SpongeBob forgets the Krabby Patty formula and his little bureaucratic SpongeBobs go into a panic. In that episode, we enter SpongeBob's mind and it's this giant bureaucracy with all of these cabinets and many SpongeBob's retrieving things as necessary. However, something different and I think a little more beautiful actually happens. Memory is actually something more like a photograph or at least our understanding right now suggests this. All of our neurons have a little pixel of the photograph and when the right things are pre presented to you, 
all of these pixels swarm together to create the original image of your first encounter with that thing. With victims of trauma, the brain can be triggered by a small taste, a smell, a sound, sight, and then that image of trauma is relived. Sometimes the brain teaches itself to dissociate from traumatic events and we forget them altogether in order to survive. In this sense, when Jesus shares this broiled fish and opens the disciples' minds, he performs a miracle that allows the disciples to receive good news. It is a moment of healing from trauma, but more than that, it is a moment of holding and community that allows the disciples to move even slowly out of Lent and into the Easter people they are meant to be. The late Bishop Barbara Harris in a sermon called Easter People in a Good Friday World puts it like this, for as Easter people we have indeed come this far by faith and we trust our God for the next step of the journey. Easter people share, we share sorrow as well as joy, good times as well as bad, mountaintop highs and wilderness woes, for to share only life's bright side is to deny the reality of the human condition. To share only the lovely is to leave ourselves unprepared for our own Good Fridays and unable to support others and theirs. St. Barnabas and St. Stephen's, we are Easter people. We know the good news is that God is in the crisis with us every time, even in the face of death, and always in the hope of resurrection. We know the good news is that peace is present in the struggle. It announces itself. It offers itself to us and sits at the table with us. We know the good news is that even when we can't bear our own brokenness, God is able to perform a miracle that opens our minds to the hope, wholeness, and understanding that comes in community with God and each other. We know the good news is that God is real. We know the good news is that God is our friend and a friend of all those murdered, martyred, and marginalized people. We know the good news is that because God is real and God is our friend, that God will keep God's promise of a just future. We know the good news and we must share the good news. St. Barnabas and St. Stephen's, we are Easter people. We share in the highs and lows of life. We must be willing to bear witness to the wounds, but we also must have our minds open to the good news of the resurrection. By holding both, we hold each other and we move towards God's just future in faith, love, and service in a Good Friday.